There comes a time in every person's life when you realise it's not about doing what you are told, but doing what you know is right for you. Let us take a journey of learning and discovery with the world's most successful people who are living the life of their dreams, walking through life using their inner wisdom and being of service to others. Forget exams, grades and test scores. What is your purpose? As we let go of what we think should be and learn from our elders to gain knowledge, inspiration and a true sense of who we are. What are your dreams? Does your life have meaning? Are you living a life of significance? Let's talk with today's guest. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome as we spend some more time together on the Learning on Fire podcast. Today I'm talking to David DiGiorgio. Hi David, thanks for joining me and let's explore the journey of who you are. Thank you so much for having me. So who am I? My goodness. I'm this interesting mix of originally a theater producer, musical composer. And while I was doing that and pitching television shows and putting on family entertainment, I decided I wanted to be a contribution to the world. And so I became uh, head of a high school music department for quite some time. And while I was doing both of those things, I thought it might be a good idea to also open up a yoga studio. And so I am this interesting combination of production, performance world, education, and personal development all rolled into one. And some years ago, not too long ago, I stepped away from teaching because I wanted to have a bigger platform and and, uh, liberate myself, so to speak, of the system of education in Canada is where I was teaching. And so today I am an author and I speak to students and parents and educators, administrators, and I empower people to be unapologetically themselves so that they can go after the dreams that they want to have for themselves. Fantastic. I, I love all of that. And and as a musician and as an educator and as someone who's professionally involved in productions and music theatre and all that sort of stuff, we also have a lot in common in terms of our background, but also that, that sense of what the education system is and how we want to support um, children and parents within that because um, you'll know from having had your job within schools that it can be a very very um, what's the best way of describing it maybe (laughs) slightly um, slightly all-consuming and not necessarily the most positive way yes I remember my first few years teaching actually it almost reminded me of when I got a puppy and I was like good lord this is a lot of work (laughs) (laughs) and I loved every second of it and um and as 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 we both know and I'm sure people listening know like there you know it's there is a system there is a there's a box that education lives in and education is amazing and it's excellent and there are also certain things that have to fit within the box. And for me, that was the part that was the the piece that was really the most exhausting to, to get around to be able to really empower kids and and empower parents to really raise extraordinary young people. Sometimes when you're inside an institution, it's not the easiest thing to do. But I found a way and I bet you did too. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's that's where these podcasts or the podcast network really came from. It came first of all through Education on Fire, just basically trying to share the, the great things in schools. Because like you say, it's very right. easy to get down on what's going on. But there are some amazingly creative things happening. And I just wanted to share that. And there was this mm-hmm. sort of organic kind of journey between that. And then like I say, parents um, wanting to support their, their teenagers and, and young people in their 
their lives to actually if they're within the system but they know there's more to life but they feel sort of confined and trapped how do they go about it and, it, and it's speaking with people around the world who exactly as we've just been discussing are able to say ah but this is how we see it this is what we've done this is our experience and yes education is there and it's a wonderful thing but there's a life outside of the system and you can be in the system but also support yourself and grow at the same time yeah and i really want to point something out that you said there mark which is a really interesting point is um for parents especially and kids like find out who your teachers really are because a lot of them you know I was doing professional theater at the same time. And so, for example, when we did field trips and experiences, my students got to meet, you know, Broadway uh, performers and get the backstage tours that no one else would be able to get just because of my connections. When we did performances outside, one year I actually had my connection in fireworks come out and we had professional grade fireworks synced to the music while the band was playing. And so if you take a moment to find out who are these teachers behind the classroom, before the classroom, or in addition to what they do in the classroom, that's really a great way to enrich your own life. And that's how I was personally supported as a student, too. I had some teachers who went above and beyond what their call of duty was to really help me make it through high school when it comes down to it. I think that's it. And I think when you... I always find it's really hard for young people because, of course, you're in school from such an early young age until sort of 18 years old or so, and it's all you know. But actually, when you get to a point where you can realise that your teachers aren't just the people that control your class or give you the information in your class, but they're real human people with real lives and real interests. I think, like you said, when you can connect on that level, then you know, anything is possible and you feel like you're learning together then. You're learning about life rather than just that sort of imparting of knowledge and, and the things that you have to do within the curriculum. Right. And I don't know about you, but for me, teaching came a little bit later in my life. And so I was not, you know, six years old, 12 years old or 22 years old ever dreaming that I wanted to teach young people. In fact, for most of my young life, I wanted to have nothing to do with young people, other kids. And so it was a little bit later in life for me that I decided that this passion grew that I was like, I really want to help young people. I want to give back just like people gave back to me. And so I think it's also important to remember that, uh, I mean, a teacher is my goodness, like whatever you want to call them <laughs> next to sainthood, <laughs> next to mercenary, next to missionary. You know what I mean? Like you have to have a deep passion in order to do this as a career, as a job, as a vocation, um, even for the teachers who might not, it might not be their absolute passion, this is not an easy job. And so someone who chooses to do this, they have a heart to really help other people. And I think when you approach that, remembering that that's why we started in the first place, you can find out a lot more about that person that you look at as the teacher. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And um I'm going to sort of wind this question into the next one because I think actually they'll fit really nicely in, in terms of what does your life look like now and how is it different from when you were growing up? And I want to sort of include in that the fact that, you know, you've talked about your sort of early professional career, but in terms of exactly what you're doing now in terms of your speaking and in terms of the everything that you've put together to support young people around the world. Yeah, and I want to point out one other thing too. So for me, you know, I grew up as a first-generation Canadian in 
uh, of immigrant parents. And, you know, immigrant parents do the best that they can. God bless them. They did an amazing job at providing for us, giving us the education that we needed. Immigrant parents, in some cases, are also, they have, you know, quirks. And one of the quirks that my family had was a lot of it was about keeping up appearances and making others happy. And so I grew up until I moved out um, in my 20s, uh, where everything was to satisfy whatever you want to call it, a status quo, like I said, keeping up those appearances. I, through my, really through my late 20s and 30s, had to rediscover who I was so that I could go all in on me, so that I could show other people what it actually looks like. Because I felt like even in my early days of teaching, I wasn't completely vulnerable and if if we accept, you know, vulnerability as the opposite to courage, I wasn't courageous either then. Sure, I was doing extraordinary things and taking my kids to Disney World and Cuba and all exchanges and all sorts of crazy stuff. But I there was a level of honesty that wasn't there in terms of being able to really support kids to that next level. And so today, sort of over the last 10 years, I've even the genesis of writing my book, which is called Being Unapologetic, the whole premise of being unapologetic is the reminder to myself and then ultimately each reader who reads the book to remember that you arrived in this world with a miracle, a message, a mission, a vision, a DNA, a genetic code, and to surrender to that and never let anybody else cause you to experience what I've come to call comparanoia over who you are. Because the faster that you become yourself and you do all of that in all of its glory, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the faster you will attract the people who you deserve to have in your life and the faster you'll be able to make an impact on others in your life. And so that's really what it's all about today is really empowering people to um, step into who they truly are. And I use all sorts of different ways to do that. But that's really become the platform and why I'm so obsessed with with helping people to overcome comparanoia, because I've seen that it has become the thing that really stops people from going the distance. And I started this study in my professional career as a theater producer, as a, a composer, musician, where I started to observe musical theater is a very bizarre art form, just like opera. Uh, if you ever read the lyrics in musical theater or opera, they're gibberish. They make no sense. There's a lot of repetition. It's very poetic. Well, how then is it that these musical theater or operatic performers are able to sing these lyrics and create movement in audiences, create standing ovations, create people to understand the story? Because logically, the lyrics make no sense, actually, in most cases. And so I started to really look at what is that element in people in performances and performers that causes standing ovations, that causes understanding, that causes feeling. And that's really where it started. And I continued all this study in the classroom, understanding how students work, how they respond and react the best, how they are best motivated. And yeah, that's where we've come to today. And just take us a little bit into in, into your theory behind that because my I, I have this thought quite a lot in as much as the whole world generally speaking and I think music, um, musical theatre and film and, and all of the arts um, is very much people think I'm going to go to the here for two or three hours I'm going to escape from my life and then I'm going back into into real world you know this this is what everything is about outside of that environment 
And I actually think it's the other way around. I think actually when you're in the movie theatre, when you're at the opera, when you're actually watching something at the theatre, what it's doing is it's reconnecting something with you, which, like you said, is the essence of who you are. The fact that there is something there, there's a story, there's an understanding, there's a, yes, I have something that I need to be doing and connecting with. And and that's the real you. And then actually the, the supposed real life when you leave is actually just society being where it is now in 2019 and what you're expected to do without all of that emotion actually going through you. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't have said it more eloquently myself. I And I think the arts, and I think this is why the arts are so important. And let's forget the fact, and because there's a lot of controversy over the studies that say, oh, you know, kids who are in music or whatever art get better scores and math. Let's just imagine that none of that is true. The truth of the matter is what you just said. The performing arts, the arts of any kind are the mirror to ourselves. And somehow, because they evoke emotion in us, they also unlock, unleash our intuition, our essence, whatever you want to call that spirit, guy, whatever you want to call that, whatever you subscribe to. And it's in that that the a little piece of us comes out. And you're right, when we go into the real world, our, our jobs, even at school or whatever, sometimes we just go through the motions because that's the system that has been set up. But what would become possible if we allowed ourselves to just be who we are meant to be, to discover the real essence of who we are, to discover our real talents and to nurture those things instead of trying to do all the other things to check the boxes of life? I I really do think that actually it's a much easier place to start from, even if you're purely in your head thinking about these things, that actually if there's a truth and there's a knowing inside you, which we all know is the case, I think, if if you're still enough for long enough, um, Mm -hmm. to have that sense of, you know, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I love. I'm drawn to this. And I can't even maybe understand why, you know, why I'm connecting with this person or whatever it happens to be. When you know that's actually giving you guidance in terms of where your life can lead in a very organic way that's a very different starting point in terms of how you want your life to to progress than actually thinking oh right i need to i need to decide what subjects to do at school or i need to decide on a career or i need to decide on where to live um and and you can see why people get so frustrated in that because there's no answer to that because you have no guiding light to know what to do with it Right. And so I want to point out two things that's so interesting. I love this conversation. This is what happens when two music teachers get together, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so one is, you know, Simon Sinek, a brilliant, extraordinary man. And when he came out with the whole start with why theory, great. He wrote the book. It became very successful. And then everyone said, we don't understand Simon. So then he had to write the second book, which explains the theory a little bit more. And essentially what he says in the second book is, how you discover your why is you find out who you are. And I think that's very, very telling. And as I've worked with speakers, performers, presenters for my whole life, for gosh, like over 27 years now, I understand that who you are is the key to moving people into action or not. So I think it's really important to be able to surrender to that fact that you're just going to be, like you said, just follow your intuition. And And why do we need to have the answer to everything all the time? You know what I mean? Like, so we both have experienced this as music teachers. I don't know about you, but I knew that, you know, 90 plus percent, 98% of my students would not go on in music as a career later. 
not realistic. No, absolutely. And, and I was thinking, even in terms of what I've been teaching drums and percussion and that kind of thing, even when you actually come across and you have the, the great opportunity of speaking with or, or teaching someone who has an amazing gift, even then they don't necessarily go right. on to do it purely because they may be highly talented across so many different avenues and it's only them that they struggle because they have so many options in terms of you know loving right. music loving the arts loving loving you know the the academic side of of things and end up being doctors and all that kind of thing and, and they sort of struggle because they've got so many different things that they can sort of a whole world of things they can enter into Right. And then so for us, what's the job as the teacher is to just hold a space to create a space for them to be themselves. I say this all the time. My job is to is to create a space where you can be you. That's your job is to be you, student. Right. My job is to make sure that you are being you. And maybe it's not music, but in music, I taught my kids how to tell stories, how to have emotions, how to express emotions. And those life skills are far more um, important than remembering the proper fingering on the clarinet for whatever note it was. You know what I mean? And I think that's where the real key happens, especially in the arts. Yeah, I love that. And I love the storytelling thing. I must remember that because my primary music on fire music membership site is there purely to support teachers who are non-music specialists, mainly in terms of certainly here in the UK they often have to cover the music curriculum but they're not trained in music and they're quite fearful of how that comes across and I think what you just said there really articulates it really well in as much as you know you're giving students opportunity you're giving them the chance to express themselves to tell stories in whatever way that you can do that with the, the facility that we're enabling them to do it's not about how do I do a C major score, a C major scale no. to a G major or whatever it happens to be? You know, those are the tools in much the same way that, like you said about, you know, being unapolog- unapologetically you is actually enables you to use school as a tool to, to learn and have education as a tool to enable you to create the life that you want. And I think it's it's definitely that side of the coin that you need to be starting with. Yeah, and I just want to share really briefly, too, that the idea – I've done another talk about this that people can find online um, where I did a whole study of storytelling. And it wasn't until – and actually, I talk about this in my upcoming TEDx talk, too. It wasn't until I started to teach my kids how to tell stories and express themselves for who they are that they started to excel and progress as musicians. And I thought it was very interesting, but it makes complete sense. We live in an age where, you know, you ask the kids, how was your weekend? And you get nothing. You don't get detail. You know, they're like, oh, it was good. Huh? You know, or you ask how they might say, oh, I had a dinner party with my family or something like that. We had friends over. Oh, how was it? Oh, it was good. Well, that, <laughs> come on now, you know. And so I started to teach them to describe things in detail and to use color and shape and feeling and all of that. And all of a sudden they became better musicians. It was really fascinating to see. And I did this study, this research over many, many years, and the results came out the same every single time. So I really want to empower those teachers who might not feel, who have their own comparanoia about teaching music because they're not specialists, that music is just the delivery, is just the tool itself. But there are so many other skills that you have to teach students in order to be able to really enjoy and love music in the first place. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And and that's one of the things that I say over and over and over in, in, in our community is the fact that 
you already are the teacher. You already have the skills and the connection and the relationship with the children, which is the most important thing. And like I say, music is the tool. Music is the the way of expressing in this particular um, scenario. But actually, you have the best way of being able to get them, to draw them out to do that. And um, and, and I've mentioned before on the podcast is the fact that... Um, you know, young people have many different ways to express themselves and, and obviously find it very hard often to articulate it in certain ways. And it was only when I had the opportunity to be a musician while I was still at school that I kind of felt that I found my voice. You know, it was that kind of yes. sat behind a set of timpani performing. I thought, do you know what? This is me. This this is what I do. And I can create this note and it has everything, which is the essence of me, like we were talking right at the very beginning, coming through in that one particular phrase. And that just means that you can connect with yourself in a way where you know there's something more that you want to then go on and discover as you start to grow. And I think wherever you can do that, depending on what your specialism is and how you come in contact with young people, if you can get that across, then then you really are making a massive difference in everyone's lives. Exactly. And and like what you just said, really, at the end of the day, this is what I discovered as a teacher for the years that I've done it, is that all they want, all students, kids of any age, any student just wants your time and attention. That's it. You give them your attention and you will have whatever you want to say about it, won the game far more than you de- delivering more content. Yeah. Well, I think everyone listening will hope that their school experience was what we've just been describing because i think it would be fantastic if everyone had the opportunity to do that um but but tell me about your your school experience and what did you find valuable about it when you were going through the system i had my horizons expanded opportunities that i would never have had as an immigrant you know first generation kid came to me the the theater the art the travel performance I, I mean I joke about this but it's true even turkey dinner like we did not know Italians don't do turkey we don't know what that is we had lasagna on <laughs> Thanksgiving and you know and so just being exposed to things like that just blew my world open I started traveling when I was 16 I went on a band trip when I was 16 on my own and you know I lived in Jamaica for a summer and it, just the the opportunity was absolutely incredible and the other piece of it I think was the mentors the couple of angels whatever you want to call them that came along the way one who literally saved my life because I was very severely bullied throughout all of my schooling um, and so there were just a couple of people who saw that I had something and you know in my senior year of high school when I said I just want to be in the musical this year the previous year I had been a musical director for us. I just want to perform with my friends. You know, I'm aging out, so let me just have fun. And um, two of the teachers who were producing the musical came to me and said, we have a better idea. You're going to write the musical. And I thought, I don't know what that means, but okay. (laughs) And there I was, 19 years old, as a published Canadian composer because they believed in me. And so that would never have become possible had I not been in this amazing thing that we've created called the school system. Yeah, and and that's why I'm I'm you know I'm such a big advocate of of the arts and 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 a broad curriculum because like you say it's only having all those experiences that enable each of us to find our path you know and 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 I and I hope that we do start to head back in that direction rather than just the focus on the on the STEM subjects which while they're incredibly important is only a small fraction of of what actual real learning is for everybody so fingers crossed that people start to hear conversations like this and and really understand why it's so important even though it's much harder to quantify Mm -hmm. yes 
Which teachers do you remember and why? And I guess some of those are going to be, like you say, the people that related to your musical journey. Yeah. And I, so, you know, Mr. Toss, Mr. Gorman, the producers of the musical at my high school, they, you know, and I just want to point out, Mr. Toss was not a music teacher. Mr. Gorman was the drama teacher. Mr. Toss was a science teacher. And he sat with me during spring break every day in the music room. And he mentored me to write 10 songs that became the musical that year. So just amazing. Um, and I also, I just want to put the other side too. I also remember, for example, in kindergarten, the teachers who paraded me around to other classrooms after my girlfriends had dressed me up as a grandmother. And so I just want to put this out there that teachers, you know, we have a very critical role in a young person's life. And here I am in my 40s, and I still remember those teachers and what they did, not maliciously. It was cute. It was funny. Well, that single act caused me to become famous in school, not for the right reasons. And that followed me for the next 20 years. And so I just want to empower, like, you know, the, the, the conversation of bullying is such a big one nowadays. And while there are some people, believe it or not, who don't believe it's a thing and we're just raising entitled kids. The fact of the matter is what I've seen in my own research is that kids who are bullied, if they don't resolve their issues, grow up to be teachers, parents, mentors who bully other kids. And I think it's really important to remember that, you know, we have a, a, a big responsibility and um, uh, th that joke, that th thing that you think is not so serious is to a kid can change their life as it changed mine. I think that's really, really important and, and very impactful for people listening as well. And, and I think we can probably for every maybe for every teacher that we thought was a positive mentor in, in that kind of giving us the the sense to connect like we've chatted about before. I think we can probably also have maybe more than one teacher that like say yes. presented a scenario had a quick comment gave us the impression that actually the opposite is very much true as well and I, and I think that's a really important thing to remember and I think like I say they both have an impact both positively and negatively yes who did you admire when you were young and what was it about that person that had such an impact so I love this question and um, it comes up now and then in my world and this is not an ego answer but it's myself and I have to tell you, it's because, so I, I was not one of these starstruck people. There were no big stars or there were no, I never followed anyone but myself. And I think this is part of the reason or part of my struggle growing up with the bullying is that I didn't follow the crowds. I was friends with everybody, even the kids who bullied me. I was just nice to everyone. And the reason I say today, why did I admire, admire myself is because somehow I was steadfast enough, I believed in myself enough to make it through. And I think we should be empowering more of our kids, and I mean even adults, to believe in themselves first. Because how could you possibly believe in anything or anyone else if you don't even believe in yourself first? And so it's really important to me to get that message out to people. It's like find a way to believe in yourself because it will change everything for you. When I started believing in myself, uh, really, as an adult, everything changed. My business grew, my happiness, my relationship, everything changed. And so I think it's really important to um, be your own best ambassador and advocate. 
Yeah, absolutely love that. I think that's a. I think I think it's it's not one that we've heard before on the podcast, but I think it's a really really important thing for people to think about. And and I think everything that stems out of anything you want in life, it does start with you, and it starts with like you say, looking after yourself or self love or whatever it is that you want to you want to mm-hmm. call it. In the sense of it's only when you're in connection with that and you understand that that everything else then becomes possible. You can put all the systems in place in the world to achieve anything, but a lot of it ends up being self sabotaged if, like you say, if you don't start with yourself. Exactly. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given and who gave it to you? Find out who you are and do it on purpose. Dolly Parton. (laughs) (laughs) Not why, not what, not how. Who you are is everything. And I've spent my entire life figuring this out. I finally figured it out and I've never been happier. So I encourage you to do the same. (laughs) Love it. And what advice would you give your younger self now? You are ready right now. Celebrate all of you and the right people, right opportunities, the right everything is going to come, but you are ready right now. I really think that's I think that's an incredible piece of advice and I think so much of our system is based on when we've done this we'll be able to do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. When I've grad- when I've got this qualification I'll do that one. When I'm older I can do this and so much of it is about living your best life now at whichever age that happens to be it might be when you're still a teenager or younger it might be when you're in your 20s 30s 40s you know but you can only do now which is the most important thing to remember so you may as well enjoy it for the the best possible way that you can yeah what does your future look like Gosh, well, my immediate future is this TEDx talk is about to launch globally, which is very, very exciting. And um, I'm working on a couple of other iterations of the book. So we're working on a version called Teens Being Unapologetic, which will feature a number of teens uh, first nationally and ultimately we want to go global with it. And um, I'm rebuilding a relationship with an adopted son I have. And um, we're talking about traveling and touring North America to teach other kids what's possible for them and to show other kids who have gone through the foster system um, what is possible when they believe in themselves and have a mentor or they choose that one person who's going to believe in them. And um, the future is just to share all of me, the entire story, so other people will see what it looks like. You know, this last year has been really a year of pulling back the curtain on my life and um, showing people Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, so that they can be empowered to know that they too are ready right now to start sharing, to start empowering, to start leading their own movement, mission, and vision. And what podcast, book, video, film, or song, or or any resources had the biggest impact on your life, and, and why was that? Yeah, okay, three quick ones. The Alchemist, Paulo Coelho. Now, I didn't learn it the first or the second time. In fact, after the second time I read the book to some of my students, I decided to move to the Arctic. So obviously I missed the message after the (laughs) second time I read the book. But yeah, so it's all right here, right now. That's what I learned from The Alchemist. Finally, thank you, Paulo. It took me a few reads, but I got there. The second is The Shift by Wayne Dyer. It's a book and a movie. And in it, Wayne Dyer, an amazing, extraordinary human being, he talks about this whole idea that if in the first nine months of life, before we're born. Everything is abundant and and easy and effortless. Why then does it need to change the moment we arrive? And that 
really shifted my own thinking and I started to surrender more and it's just a beautiful beautiful message beautiful book the shift and then the Simon Sinek's and Brene Brown's of the world because they show me when you look at their talks and what they're doing in the world that it's perfectly imperfect it's not fully polished there's no airs about them they are just sharing who they are and what they believe. And oh my gosh, the impact they're making on the world. It's truly inspiring. And I am following, celebrating in their footsteps. I think if you come across all three of those things, then your life is going to look pretty spectacular. Like you say, if, if you start to understand it, if you really get to grips with it, if you allow it to seep into every pore of, 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 your, of your skin so that you can start to just live it for all the great advice that's there and just the, the, the way that all these people actually um, are able to impart their knowledge, their understanding, their under, their way of expressing themselves. I think, um, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. And we'll have all of the, all links to all of these things on the show notes. So, um, yeah, make sure you check that out at educationonfire.com. So you mentioned the TEDx talk. You've mentioned your book and all those things. Tell us exactly where people can find out more about all of these things and, and how they can follow your journey from here on in. Yeah, beingunapologetic.com is the hub for everything, simply being unapologetic.com. Connect with me across all my social media. I actually do all my social media myself. If you message me, I will actually reply personally, and I love to connect with people. So um, yeah, I hope to find find some new amazing people right there. Well, thank you, David, for sharing your wisdom and allowing us to learn from your wonderful experiences. Ah, Thank you, Mark. Thank you for listening to the Learning on Fire podcast. Remember to keep up to date with everything that's happening on the Education on Fire podcast network. You can sign up at educationonfire.com and enter your details to receive the latest information and episodes on the newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends. The more we share, the more help and inspiration we can provide. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.